you really couldn't ask for a better start to a study abroad experience than what Luke Bambrick had for his time in London. It's been an amazing interview. Luke was terrific with everything. Uh, if you're interested in London, check this out. He was really fortunate enough to be there during the royal wedding, and that's how we start the interview. And we're going to talk about other places he went, and it's just a it's, it's just a lot of fun, this one. So enjoy Luke Bambrick. All right. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Study Abroadcast. This is Chris Carlton here with Oakland University's Luke Bambrick. Luke, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to the show today. How are you doing? Absolutely. I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. It is exciting for me to be on here. Studying abroad is a huge passion of mine, and I want as many students to do it as possible. So I'm excited to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Yeah, you're in the right place. Thanks for being here. So uh, so just getting started, you went to London, England. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. All right. Uh, well, let's get into it. Why Why did you choose London? What, what made you pick there? Uh, you know, it's hard to narrow it down to one reason. I think, being totally honest, one reason was the lack of language barrier. Um, knowing that I was planning on doing a summer program, um, and so I didn't necessarily um, have time to like learn a whole language in depth, which I would have wanted to do if I were going to a foreign-speaking country, um, which I had gone to foreign-speaking um, countries in the past that did not speak English as their predominant language, and they were great experiences, but um, I wanted to give uh, an English-speaking country a shot um, as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I've just always had such a, uh, an interest in the British and English culture, and I've just always been fascinated with the country and London has just been one of my target cities for the longest time, and there are a lot of programs that are offered there, so I kind of had a lot of options, and I'd had a passion for it for a while. Definitely. I uh, When I went to, when I was in Argentina, and I took a bus to Iguazu Falls, and it was like a 13-hour bus ride. Anyways, I was on... I was on the bus and it was just me and this like group of friends from London and they were just telling me all about it and just it wasn't just like oh London's awesome they were talking about the museums and mm. the food and just exactly. the vibe of the city so it's definitely on my bucket list of somewhere I want to go it's not a coincidence that's one of the most popular study abroad destinations in the world exactly so yeah I'm excited to hear about it um yes. when when did you go and for how long did you go Okay, so I went last summer, actually. So I did a, a summer semester, um, summer of 2018, and I was actually, it was a shorter program, the actual um, study program itself. I stayed longer than my actual program was, but the program was about a month long. Okay. All right, so the summer, but the program was a month. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's a little hack that a lot of people do. Like, just because the term ends doesn't mean you have to go home right away. If you've got exactly. Time, exactly. Definitely stay and check it out. And what, um, did you apply for or receive any scholarships before you went? 
I did. Um, so I realized that um, after doing a little bit of research, I found out that there is like tens of thousands of dollars that ultimately goes to waste or is not utilized every year for scholarships available to students, especially international students, just simply because students don't take the time to apply for them. And so I definitely didn't want to make that same mistake. So I did a lot of applying to different scholarships. And I ultimately ended up getting a scholarship that paid for my entire airfare travel both to and from uh, the UK. So that was awesome. So, Wow, shut up, really? Do you remember the name of the scholarship or was it specifically through Oakland? Um, so if I remember correctly, it was the CIEE travel grant scholarship. Uh-huh. Okay. But it was, so it was through the program that I went through. So I went through my school, Oakland University, but they partnered with a third party study abroad, like organizer, which is called CIEE, yep. um, which I believe stands for Center for International Educational Exchange. Uh-huh. Um, so they kind of partnered up and this particular scholarship that I was awarded was through the CIEE program. But that's how it is with every program, um, whether it's through your home school or through the institution, the third party, like international institution, right? nine times out of 10, they both offer many scholarships and even external parties that aren't even involved in either of them offer scholarships. So there are like endless opportunities for applications. Yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I used to not really, the third party programs, I didn't really like them, but now like I'm learning basically if you do one, they've got their own scholarships that you can like only people that do their programs can apply to so financially yep. it evens out and it's just like you, you it's a win-win situation that exactly I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of people have had success with so exactly. so you get to london did you did you know did any of your friends do the same program with you or were you just going by yourself uh, no so i was completely solo chris i did not know a soul there um in fact i did ask my international advisor at oakland if there was anyone else going from Oakland and the answer was no. So I was like, all right, I'm totally on my own. And I wanted that kind of, I wanted to embrace, I really wanted to leave my comfort zone and I didn't really want to go with somebody and then just kind of like kind of cling to my comfort zone, like friend group. I just wanted to go out there and just be totally open-minded and just meet whoever I met and just really make my connections there. Definitely. Okay. So you get there, right? And you're in London. Uh, Is just right smack. Do you remember where you stayed? Can you tell me about the, did you have roommates, all that stuff? Yeah, so I actually arrived in London a week before the program started. So um, I did this because the <laughs> the royal wedding um, happened to be the weekend before my program started, um, like Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding. Yes, I remember. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, if I'm going to be all the way out there, I'm totally going to crash this wedding um, and just leave, you know, go get there a week earlier. So um, I got there at first before the program started. So I just had to provide my own housing. So I just got an Airbnb, um, like central London and uh, really, really good experience. I just got familiar with the city the week before the program started so that when the program started, I kind of already knew where things were, knew how to use the tube, which is the main metro underground transit system. Um, so I kind of winged it, went to the wedding and had a blast. And by the time my program started, I kind of knew, you know, an overview of the city. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. One of the best. Pe- yeah, get there early and get yes, a little land. Uh, definitely. Wait, so wait, what do you mean you went to the, like, did, was there like a public thing to go to the wedding, like a festival almost? Or what, what do you mean you went to it? 
Yeah, no, good question. Um, I would say festival is a really good description. So being in the actual cathedral is like total elite list invite only right, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. like no. unless you're oprah or david yeah, beckham yeah no you're not in the chapel but um basically they got married in windsor which is a small city based around like this the magical whimsical you know windsor castle which i'm sure most people saw if they watched it online yeah um so that was like an hour outside of the city of london and it's a really small town just based around the castle which is where they got married and so basically like 75% of the London population all traveled to that city and just like packed it out in the streets. They had um, live streams all over in the streets that they were like streaming the wedding and the audio was projected all throughout the little town. And then the main thing was they had a whole parade like processional right after the wedding. So everyone like kind of gathered around, stood behind like these barricades in the streets. Yeah. watch the wedding listen to it and then the royal couple did like this really fancy royal parade throughout the streets that everyone got to like celebrate with them and you know show their support essentially just i mean just culturally hearing that the fact that like all this time later in 20 well it was 2018 that it happened or mm -hmm. but i mean even now it just there's still it's still a big deal like the prince and is getting married and it's just i don't know it reminds me of a fairy tale almost it, just, <laughs> it really yeah, does the fact that you got it, to experience that is awesome it's so true and and chris the thing for me that was awesome about it is that it was i couldn't have asked for a better introduction into such a culturally immersive study abroad experience it was like just such a shadow of things to come like just being able to go and do such a british thing like going to an actual royal um family wedding and being surrounded by mainly Brits, but also other people from other countries were there as well. And like um, the crowds, like multiple time would, would just like break out into their national anthem. And it was just like so patriotic. And so like, this is so cool to step outside of my culture. And like, wow, this is why I did this. And this is already so awesome. So it was an epic kickoff to say the least. Yeah, no, definitely. And so, so now you've got a. Uh, unfortunately, you've got classes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how how many credits did you take when you were over there? So I actually only took one class, um, which was three credits total. Mm -hmm. um, the program that I went through the CIEE, they offered um, as I think you could take as much like as many classes as you wanted to take. But obviously, just the cost went up incrementally. Yeah. So I the reason I took one was because I only had one class that would fit with my degree plan. The other classes that they offered wouldn't. So I just decided to take the one. Um, and because it was kind of a, a condensed and accelerated program being that it was only about a month long, mm -hmm. um, it was already going to be quite a bit of class time to fit in a three credit course into a, a condensed period of time. So I was happy with just doing no, that. Yeah, amount. That makes, I want to be able to travel too. That, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, people forget like summer school, right? It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, you're there all day. It's like high school where you exactly. So, okay. And wait, what major, what, what was your major? What was the class? Can I ask? Yeah, for sure. So my major is uh, business general management. And the class that I actually took um, was going to count as an anthropology requirement. Mm -hmm. um, and what the class was about was basically um, the fracturing, it was called fracturing of the British nation. So it was basically about the political state in current um, United Kingdom and the different difficulties that they're facing in immigration and in their international affairs. So it was a really fascinating class to take in kind of a poignant time in 
in their history with like the Scottish referendum being recently and just some of the tensions going on in the country. So it was a really fascinating class um, to take that fit into my degree perfectly. So Yeah, wow. I mean, so far, just if there's anyone that could get a better dose of London culture than you have or just the UK in general, I, I'd like to find them because it's such exactly. sounds, yeah, it sounds like an amazing trip. Um, and then, okay, and then, wait, so so you've got the class, and where, what school did you attend when you were there? So the, so this is a little hard to explain. Um, basically, what the program does is they are kind of their own institution. Um, so the actual institution, the school technically that I went to was the um, – CIE International Institute. So they are kind of their own school there that, that no, they've that established. Yeah. Um, so they were like the institute that I attended during the time I was there, which was like central London. It was surrounded by several other universities too. So it sure. felt just like a school, but it was just technically the CIE Institute. Right. Okay. And then did you mention, did you say you had roommates? I forget. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I didn't mention that prior, but I do. Okay. I, I did have roommates. Um, I had um, one roommate who was also actually from the U.S., um, and he, it was interesting because, um, I am actually going to be going to law school once I graduate this spring. And he also had the same, uh, career path. So we were able to kind of connect on a legal level and do a little bit of studying for the upcoming LSAT. So we had a lot of fun together. So that was a really good experience. Awesome. Uh, where was he from? He was he from the United States. He was, yeah, but he was from New York city actually. Oh, okay. All right. And so now you're in, you're in London and now we're going to get into, tell me, is there a, well, first of all, before I get into like a travel story, were you able to get outside and see any of the, any other countries in Europe or any different places in England? Mm, so absolutely, um, I would say almost every. I think yeah, every weekend except one, I left the country. Um, so <laughs> I was all oh, over wow. the place. Um, so like I I packed in a lot. Um, and one of the things that really struck me when I was in um, Europe was how easy it is to travel across yeah. uh, countries in the EU. Like, going to another country there is like traveling to another state here. Right. So it was so easy for me to just be like, you know, where do I want to go this weekend? Or, like, get some of my classmates together and be like, let's just look up train tickets for mm -hmm. going to Scotland or whatever. So, like, one weekend I went to Scotland. Um, one weekend I went to Belgium. Um, and then I ended up uh, ending the trip after it concluded. I went and spent like a week in France. So I was all over the place almost every weekend, which just made it even better. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And did anything happen uh, that you want to share, like a travel story or something funny or or depressing mm. even, <laughs> like something that went completely wrong? Anything uh, like that happen? That's a good question. Um, I think one of... I think one of the most impactful travel experiences during studying abroad to me was actually going to Belgium. Mm -hmm. It was a super last minute travel. I remember sitting in a coffee bar and it was like, gosh, I think it was Thursday or something like that. And I was like, okay, am I going tomorrow or not? And I was like looking at train tickets and it was a little expensive. Um, and I was just going back and forth and I just finally realized, like, listen, I do not want to regret being this close. You can actually take a train from London to Belgium. It sounds crazy, but there's a what what's called the channel, which is literally yeah. a tunnel under the English Channel. So I finally decided to do it because um, that's actually part of my heritage. Uh, my grandmother was born and raised in Belgium. 
Um, yeah. And she moved to the U.S. from World War II. And so I was like, hey, this is such a chance for me to experience some family history. So I decided to do it, booked a super last minute train, spent the weekend there and just spent the whole weekend like tra- walking around different cities in Belgium and just like thinking like, man, Graham was here. Like this is where she yeah, grew yeah. up. This is like my roots. And it was just a really magical experience to kind of learn a little bit of the language and just like connect with my family roots. So that was a really profound experience for me. Right. Wait, so did you did you say you went by yourself to this one? I did. Yes. Yeah, so, and that now we've talked a little bit about that on the show too. There's something different about uh, traveling by yourself as opposed to with a group of people. Can you speak to that? Just do you know what I'm talking about? Just oh, you're out there by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Okay. Well. <laughs> So what I actually did is I did on the studying abroad excursion, I actually did much more solo traveling than I did with groups of people. I did several different um, excursions around England and the UK with my classmates, but whenever I left the country, I actually did it by myself. So I went to Scotland completely solo by myself. I went to um, Belgium by myself as well as France. Um, So I definitely have some experience traveling alone, and I would say that it is absolutely an experience that everyone should should have um it is so it really teaches you a lot about yourself because to me traveling with someone doesn't take any experience it doesn't take any knowledge it's kind of easy to just like float into the group and like kind of let people make decisions for you but going somewhere like on a train by yourself like just looking out the window thinking of like you don't really know what you're doing and you're gonna figure it out as you go it's just a really spiritual experience of like just getting outside of your comfort zone and just it is so confidence building right. like just getting there and being like oh i you know i i have this random hostel that i booked i don't know anyone there i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do for the weekend but listen i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna have fun and i don't i can be by myself and be happy with that i don't need to be around people necessarily to enjoy something and it's just like traveling with people is awesome too they're just totally different experiences and w- neither one can can replace the other right and then like you know like you said you meet other people at these hostels and that's one of my favorite parts that's why i preferred hostels to airbnbs because you meet all so those true. other people so yeah okay well so yeah thanks for thanks for summing that up travel alone if you get an opportunity to um did now do you, is there a specific food or anything that you got to try that you miss from your time over in Europe? Ah, uh, you know, I can't say one specific item of food comes to mind, mm-hmm. but one thing for me as far as food is that when I travel abroad, I always try to go as local as possible. So I avoid international chains like the plague, <laughs> like the moment I see a Chipotle or a yeah. Burger King or something like that, it's like I'm running the opposite direction. I want to go to the local one of a kind mom and pop, you know, little market gem. And yeah. so that's what I did a lot of when I was there where you get to like talk to the shop owners, go to, I ate a lot in like um, outdoor markets. Yep. I would say that's probably what I miss the most. Like in London, they have a lot of outdoor markets where just like these little pop-up stands, super local. You can kind of get whatever food you want, but it's more about going and trying to experience that local culture. It's just more of a submersive experience and it just creates even more of an enriching experience. Right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it's kind of funny because depending on where uh, where the person that I'm interviewing is 
studying abroad or was studying abroad, I'll add, like one of the questions I'll ask is, did they have McDonald's? Just to gauge to see <laughs> oh, like, that's what, a good question. like how far, de- like, you know, how gritty are you or is it really urbanized and modernized? So right, yeah, that's right. kind of my barometer to see where we're at. But um, so now- Okay, I have, I have a confession. I have a confession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not eat at McDonald's, but I ate at Burger King one time. I literally got a small fry because I like I was trying to find something local, but I was in like the most expensive little square in Bru- in uh, Bruges, mm-hmm. uh, Belgium, and everything was so astronomically expensive, and I was so spent out of money. I was like, I walked for like two miles trying to find something local, yeah. and I finally just caved and got a small fry, and I felt so guilty about it. Oh no, no, no. don't don't worry. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just okay. it's funny. It's just it's it's all about your mentality and trying to be local. That's that's what it is for me. Yeah, no, 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 and I did, I did it a few times too, just to see like if it's different too, or, or yeah, that's true too. and all that, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then now, so you got home, and uh, you, how is how has it affected you since you've returned home? I'm assuming this is your first time living in a different country. Uh, can you speak to that at all? Just your view of the yeah. world, yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, wow. I guess, Chris, I would say that. My number one, it's hard to even say number one, but one of my biggest walkaways from this experience is that there are beautiful people all around the world. And I say that because I I feel like I run into so many people that are so cynical in their view toward other human beings. Mm -hmm. And I can understand it because we all have these interactions with other people that are very frustrating. But sometimes we tend to build like this cynical view of others where like I've heard people tell me, like my friends have told me like I just hate people. Like I just think they're all such idiots. And I feel like that's such a shame to view it that way because yes, there are definitely idiots out there. But like traveling really opens your eyes to the fact that there are beautiful and kind people all around the world. Like I cannot tell you, Chris, how many people helped me when I was abroad, when I was totally lost, stopping them on their busy days. And they were like so happy to set me on the right way or like practicing, you know, their local language on them. And they'd always be like so courteous and like so funny about it. Like they'd get the biggest kick and they'd try to help me or like recommending local spots to view to look at even though I probably looked like such a tourist which was probably annoying to them yeah like there are just so many beautiful people that are around the world that you can connect with when you just get out there and really reach out to them and they'll reach back you know so that was one of my biggest walkaways from studying abroad yeah definitely well I got I was actually interviewed on a pot a different podcast not too long ago and one of the questions that I got asked is what do you tell the people about like the safety and I responded mm. with well where are there more gun deaths and drug overdoses like you're probably better off leaving the united states than you are wow. being in the united states True. so so yeah so just it just kind of goes hand in hand with the type of people you're talking about and you're right you do they're so just warm and kind and they're mm. interested in you too because you're traveling and it's just a, it's an adventure exactly. for them um and now, so to, uh, moving on with the interview, kind of a little rapid fire portion of it. Do you have any book recommendations that you want to give? Uh, book recommendations. I don't have any like specifically travel books that come to the top of my head right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have. It doesn't. One book no, it doesn't have to be a travel book. Yeah. It, it oh, can okay. be a, yeah. Anything. Perfect. Then yeah, I definitely have one book that comes to my mind. Um, it's called. The Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Okay. And it's kind of, 
it's a view it's a book basically about life so essentially this guy found out that he had three months to live it's a true story and he wrote this book in his last three months um, oh, wow. after he was diagnosed with with cancer and it's just uh, it was really profound for me reading this book and just realizing how precious and valuable and beautiful life is and just like it really woke me up to realize how you know irreplaceable every day is and it really inspired me not to waste a day doing something that is not really meaningful to me and beneficial to those around me. So I would definitely recommend that book to read to just kind of wake you up about how beautiful life is. Right. Okay. Thank you. And any any recommendations as far as media goes, like a app or a blog or a different podcast or a website that you frequent other than mm. other than Google maybe? <laughs> um yeah, Google's a good one. Um I would say hostile world would probably be the first app uh, that comes to my mind okay so yeah. i'm sure you have that um but it is the number one app that i used for finding hostels when i was going to stay in another country for the weekend or something it's mm-hmm. really really good you have um ratings that other hostel stayers put on there they rate it by cleanliness safety um vibe like location and it's really accurate really good way to stay at a hostel so i definitely throw that up app out there um, I would also say uh, Drew Binsky is a travel like blogger. He's on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. His name is uh, Drew Binsky. Okay, yeah, and I'll definitely link that up. He his, his goal is to travel to every country um, in the world, oh. and like he's almost there. He's traveled to, I mean, all. I think he's only got like a few dozen countries left. So he's been really inspiring to me to just like follow him a little bit on YouTube and Instagram and just like see how passionate he is about it and all the experiences he has along the way. That's really interesting. I've never heard that before. I'm surprised I haven't. I can't. Yeah, check it out. I'm serious. Well, hold on. All right. There. So I just Googled it. They're in 195 countries in the world. So. Total? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let me. Let me see. I'm just going to look him up on Instagram really quickly because I think he may say. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he's visited 153 out of 193. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, so he's he'll... got 40 to go. <laughs> oh, 100, 195 seems doable. Like, I don't know. Think about like tra- getting, traveling to all 50 states, right? Like, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I know you got to travel a little further, but. Um, right. And then finally. Do you have any, uh, what advice would you give to a student who's thinking about studying abroad and not really sure if they should do it? Like, what would you tell your little brother or sister? And, you know, what advice? Oh, good question. Um, So my advice is do it. (laughs) Um, Literally, I walked, I came back from London and I told my friends that when I have kids, it is literally going to be mandatory for my kids to study abroad for at least one semester before they graduate college. Um, like, obviously, it's their choice, but I'm going to so strongly encourage that because it it has definitely been the most life changing semester of my life. Um, and I would also say that, like, one of part of my personal story that kind of brings out to me how valuable the experience was is that at the end of the day, Chris, I yeah. actually did not end up getting to apply the credits toward my degree that I earned when I was in London. 
which was very hard for me at first, but it was due to a mistake on my counselor, on my academic advisor's part. Um, After I had kind of signed up for the program, I found out that the credits were already filled in my degree slot. And Mm -hmm. so they just ended up being extra credits that I didn't need. Um, But I still chose to go, even though I knew the credits wouldn't apply toward my degree. And honestly, I could not be happier that I went. So it's like, even if you are taking a class that doesn't even fit with your degree, even if you're a senior or something, and you don't think that you have the credit availability, still do it. It is such a worthy experience, not just traveling, but also the study aspect of it. It just integrates you into culture even more. So do not hesitate. It will be the best semester of your life. Wow. Yeah. Luke Bambrick, everyone. That was really good at the end. <laughs> Just finishing with a bang. Uh, and then the last thing I have, is there is there a favorite quote that you want to share with the audience? Oh, yeah. I actually, um, I was thinking about, I have two favorite quotes, if that's allowed. Um, you, uh, no, no, Luke. We're, okay. we're, we've got a limit of one here. This is, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, cool. So my first one is kind of a common quote, but it's, life is a book. And those who don't travel read only one chapter. It's the most popular quote that we've gotten on the podcast. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. See, I'm glad I did too, because well, now I can be a little more original. It's, yeah, it's kind of funny. That's the quote I put on top of like my initial website when I graduated, and I like had this project for studying oh, abroad. Right. Yeah, St. Augustine. Oh, that's cool. yeah. oh, it's a classic. It's absolutely yeah. a classic. Okay, so my second one. Hopefully this is a first for you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty profound. Travel is never a matter of money, but of courage. Ooh. And that just really, I mean, okay, let's be real. Sometimes it is totally about money. Mm-hmm. But this quote gets to the heart of it and that you can make it work. Like, I have traveled to countries for weekends and I was amazed at how much I was able to do it with such a little amount of money. You can do it very economically and ultimately it is so worth it. Like, it is not so much about the money as it is about the courage. And I feel like that quote strikes at the core of really what this whole thing about studying abroad is. It's not about the money. Money is, you're not going to think about the amount of money that you spent on a study abroad semester 10 years from now. But those memories that you made, you will absolutely never regret and you'll cherish those for the rest of your life. Yeah, Yeah. well put. I'm not going to argue with you there. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. And is there anything else you want to add? No, I think that pretty much sums it all up. Yeah. No, great. Great job, Luke. Thank you again very much for being here. Guys, give me an honest review of the show. Let me know how I'm doing. Um, you can connect on social media for new interviews. There's quizzes on the website. There's papers. There's all sorts of stuff you can do to play around there. Luke, thank you very much for doing it. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks again, Chris. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right. Thanks a lot.